we're gonna talk about you today that's it. well everybody wants to talk about uh themselves right? yes <laughs> today's basically gonna be an interview where i ask todd all about his life what he's accomplished how he's done it where he came from so that the people know because i think they should know it could be ap- applicable to them i think something that happens a lot is especially I, i'm just thinking of like my circle of friends and i'm thinking about one specifically like um i'm thinking i'm thinking about i'm thinking about dustin right now if you don't know who dustin is he wrote a great book it's called it's all your fault uh the link for that will be down in the description below you should read it it's all about growth mindset and ownership self-ownership but so i think something really cool about his story is a lot of people look at him now and they're like they see mclaren's they see exotic cars they see the business they see the the light they they see it all right they kind of see the highlight reel but what they don't see is everything that he did to get to that point and everything that he went through you know went through a bankruptcy went through a ton of hardship and like still took ownership and still got to the point that he's at today i think most people see a failure and and once once they see that failure they go oh it's not for me yeah i would agree and i think that like when i read dustin's book mm-hmm. it changed my perspective on everything that i knew about him i'd known him for years and really? never i never heard a story maybe like i heard parts of it but when i read his book it changed so much because like you see you're right you do see all of the success and you like you don't realize how much goes into it and all of that and i'm sure if dustin had a podcast and he was doing this and like people didn't know a story they would also say it's mommy and daddy's money and that <laughs> everything's handed to you and that you're a trust fund baby. So I feel like we're we're also shooting down the trust fund baby accusations today. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait. We should just read mean tweets. Well, it's the equivalent of reading mean tweets, reading mean comments. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. He, he, yeah like he went through a lot. So I, th- I think it's really important to be able to share those things. Because early on in my career, one of the things that really hit me hard was it was like the third or fourth book I was reading at the time. I don't remember what book it was. But I just started to see a commonality between all of the books that I was reading is that every single one of these successful people that I wanted to be like or emulate had all gone through a failure. Like none of them were born into it. None of them were like, they just tried it the first time and then it worked. They talked about their hardships and then moved into their successes. So they showed that their failure was a reason for their success, not a hindrance to their success. It actually caused their success. So I think that's important to be able to share something like that. Yeah. And their failures are probably like a big failure too. A lot of them were like Dustin's was a a big failure. Yeah, like yeah. his 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 was really painful. Like if you go through a bankruptcy or something like that of something of those sorts, and you have to start completely over financially, credit wise, emotionally, mentally, all of those things. Yeah, that, that's a that's a re- that's a real hurdle in my eyes. So he could have very easily chosen to play victim and be like, oh, woe is me, and stay where he's at. And we would have never met. We wouldn't even be talking about him right now. We wouldn't be using him as a great example of like what you can do when you take ownership in your own life and understand that it is all your fault. I know we've talked about growth mindset and ownership a lot so far, but he's just a true testament. So I always think about whenever someone asks me like, oh, what hard things have you been through? And you, you start thinking about your circle. Like he's always the one that I think about right off the bat of like, man, he's been through so much, but here he is at this upper echelon level and super humble and we'll share with you. And that's what I want to be able to do. Yeah. So I feel like listening to this episode, people are definitely going to be able to find a way to relate this to their own lives. Yeah. Maybe even like the earlier stages of what you went through and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like that'll be super helpful. Not a lot of people actually know. No. Not, and every time you tell a story, I find something new that I didn't know. So yeah, different stories. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to learn today. Okay. So <laughs> my first question, first question of the interview. It's now an interview. <laughs> 
you a trust fund baby? <laughs> Am I a trust fund baby? I told my dad about that the other day. <laughs> Did he laugh in your face? Oh, he thought it was hysterical. I was like, hey, someone let me know uh, that I was a trust fund baby. So I'm going to need that money at some point. <laughs> and he, he was sitting on the patio next to me. He looked at me. He's like, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, no, somebody in one of our videos said that I was a trust fund baby. And he was like, well, where's the money? <laughs> He was like, can I access that money? And I was like, that's what I thought. Um, okay, yeah, so- nope. Uh, we, we grew up um, very traditional. I like to say that my parents are actually the final two people. <laughs> the final two people, not final generation, the final two people of the generation to retire traditionally. Yeah. Um, so they live they live comfortably now. They 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 did a good job. They live, you know, worked at the same place for 40 years. You yeah. Know, something I could never do or so i thought but here i am i'm gonna build this for the next 40 or 50 years so <laughs> we're still gonna be running this pro- podcast in 50 turns years turns out that maybe you know he taught me something about grit and consistency but um no we grew up very traditional you know your your uh two bed or your three bed two bath picket fence two and a half kids suburban average. neighborhood <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 nine to yeah. five jobs yes yeah yeah yep. okay yep um going a little bit more depth about that like what what was the financial situation like were you guys like comfortable did you ever struggle as far as you can remember like what you know with your family so we were always comfortable in a sense of they always handled it my parents were very good at saving like i watched my dad be able to save well i even make the joke now like please get off your wallet now is the time (laughs) to get off your wallet please spend some money go enjoy life like do something yeah Um, because he was always very very good at saving so i think that might have been some of the uh things that were instilled in me by watching because you because you learn so much by watching and experiencing even when you don't realize you are as a kid you learn a lot of like the habits and the things that your parents do yeah like we never talked about money yeah not that i remember at least my parents always told me to try new things and if you're going to do something do it do it young and do it early that way you can learn i was like i thought that was a normal thing that parents told their kids yeah turns out that's not a thing uh and i had a golden childhood is like the the way that i like to put it so we weren't financially rich by any means um but we lived comfortably like your your traditional middle class like if you if you picture like a suburban house like your split level suburban house that was us okay so you're a middle class yeah 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 yeah, statistically in every um in every facet okay so then you got through high school went to college Mm -hmm. did your parents pay for your college no Okay, so you paid for your own school. Well, I, well, I scholarship. I had I had some I had some benefits because of athletics, baseball, yeah. Um, but no, uh, college was paid for. So I technically had a student loan, yeah, because that was to live. Because you can't if you play. So I played Division One college baseball. If you play baseball at a high level, if you played a collegiate sport at a high level, you don't have time for a job, right? Like, that is your full time job. So you get paid to do it. So. But you don't get well. You, you don't, don't get paid, but you get your school. It's different yeah. now because there's different rules now. So athletes can get paid now. Actually. Yeah. Like, but when I was there, no, you couldn't. You couldn't get. You couldn't get paid. We got a per diem. You know, when we traveled and things yeah. like that. But it wasn't like, hey, you could live off of it. So I had a student loan specifically to live. Yeah. <laughs> outside. So I think I had one. I had one student loan my entire um, collegiate career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no. Um, so, yes, I paid for it, and no, I didn't pay for it. Yeah, so you played D1 college baseball. Yeah. Um, and you went to school. What did you? What was your degree for? 
eligibility Tank, for real though <laughs> it was for eligibility he did stink up the room when it comes to school but you did finish it yes no i no i had good grades uh, no you didn't you said you didn't no i got good grades. i never went to class but i got good grades oh. i'm that guy oh okay okay in high school i was like a three eight three nine student yeah um and then in college mid threes oh low threes, okay. something like that yeah so like for i don't not going remember to school, it was pretty good it, i don't remember what it was uh my other friend brett he always says because he's a doctor he's like well for medical school you know what the equation is so i was like what's that he was like well um c equals md because all you have to do is get a c in medical medical school and then you become a doctor yeah. <laughs> so i don't remember what my gpa was or anything it was somewhere in the threes yeah. okay went to school yeah i got a i got a bachelor's in well i started in sports medicine got kicked out of that because i was on the baseball team and they changed the hours and you couldn't do the same amount of hours and then I went into train sports training, if I remember correctly. I got kicked out of that, too, for the exact same reason. So finally, I just looked at the advisor and was like, what can I graduate with and still play baseball? And so I ended up with sports and business management as a, in a bachelor's. Okay. Yeah. So you graduate with a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do when you graduate? What's life like after college? Uh, couldn't get a job. Okay. <laughs> I was declined for everything. I, I was told that I wasn't qualified to tear the ticket at the entrance of a stadium and oh, then wow. hand it back to somebody. <laughs> no, you did. You were not told <laughs> Yes, that. I did. Yeah. I, what I, stadium? I, uh, Infocision, uh, Akron's football You stadium. tried to get a yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> and I even went to Akron. I was like, yo, can I work here? They're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> Wait, so, so what was your plan with your degree then what were you gonna do with uh, business and sports management well I, uh, if you couldn't work the lower jobs I, at the stadium i was probably like 98 other like the 98 percent of other college students as i had no idea okay. my plan was baseball um <laughs> yeah i i was told that i yeah i told i was told no for that job the ticket stuff yeah, holder. yeah I, don't, I don't even know what that role what is it? Usher, i might be an usher something like that yeah Yeah. just like ticket i got told no for that um i was declined at a drive-in burger joint which one they said i wasn't good enough at swenson's (laughs) they said i wasn't good enough at math what yeah you're really good at math to make change it's like my biggest strength in business is like numbers yeah i could spend any numbers (laughs) one of my biggest strengths yeah 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 so i got yeah so i got declined uh at a burger joint um at a video store, rent a video rental store because those were still around, and I guess they were still around until like really recently. The last one just went out around here, but um, I was told that I couldn't categorize the videos fast enough. So I, I, I like never had a job. So when people are like, "I'm an entrepreneur, I'm unhirable," and they're saying it isn't like, "Oh, you can't hire me because I'm so good," I was unhirable. But I was actually unhirable. I couldn't ever get a job. I'm I got just, declined for everything. Hundreds and hundreds of applications. I never got anything. I've gotten every job I've ever applied for. <laughs> what a like, what a problem to have. Well, that's like that's like Denise. So Denise, my wife, she when I when her and I got together, she had like two or three jobs. I was like, that's why I can't get a job. You got them all. <laughs> like, how did you get? You're just imagining me failing this hard right now. Yes. You didn't know about this. Stuff. Yeah. I had no idea there was so many. So what was your first job that you got? The first job I ever actually got, which took me like six months to get in. I remember I put in an application. It was like a walk in and apply, right? Situation. And I walked, you could walk in, apply and get an interview on the spot. I walked in and applied and I didn't get an interview. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that was uh, i would just give up at that point that you're was, really resilient that was funny. yeah so i walked in prepared for an interview because it's walk-in interview and i didn't get an interview i couldn't even get an interview at the walk-in okay i want you to think about that they're passing out interviews and i i couldn't get past one like i i literally couldn't get an interview uh that was a but i finally actually ended up that was actually my first job is that ended up being my first job, and I was in a call center at a company called Summit Racing. They're the largest. I didn't ever- know you worked at Summit Racing. Yeah, you learn something every day. Yeah, that was the start of my phone journey. Okay. You know how I'm really good on phones now. Yeah, so I can you actually from connect. There. You can. It's crazy in life that you might be doing something that you're really unhappy with, but you can't connect the dots forward. You can only connect them backwards. So me looking at my first early job at Summit Racing on in the call center and on the phones really unhappy i can connect the dots all the way back to understanding i'm really good on phones now because i took thousands of calls on their phones okay so you did learn something from them oh yeah but did i realize it at the time no No. do i realize it now absolutely yeah so um how long did you how long were you in that job time blurs together six months to a year okay so why'd you leave it and then well i moved to a different department Okay. In, inside inside Summit. They're, Summit Racing is the largest auto, uh, aftermarket automotive supplier on the planet. They're, so if you're a car guy, you know what Summit Racing is. That's, and, they, and they were great. Like, yeah. I got, they, they, they were always very good to me. Um, so I went to another department in Summit. And uh, I can't even remember the name of the department now. Basically, you helped organize the website and get the parts onto the website. That way people okay. could purchase them. So I went there. And then I was there for probably again six months to a year again time's blurring together a little bit six months to a year and then that's and then i left that job okay what was your next job uh my next job so it, it, it i should explain at this phase i am starting to adopt a growth mindset okay at, 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 at this point at this point i'm starting to do the numbers on like things i wanted to experience in life and what i was making and doing at the time and how long it would take me to get there and then once i did the math and recognizing that you're never going to get there i was like oh i oh wait i have to do something different like this is up to me yeah that was like my first real spark of it's up to me i don't know why i have no reasoning there wasn't a catalyst of like there's this one exact moment i, I can remember a few moments i wanted to buy a couple of different cars being a supercar guy at the time i still am but uh you know i wanted to buy what's well, called a supra i was really into supras at the time yeah and they were like 40 grand i wish i could buy a super for 40 grand a day <laughs> like i was i would buy 12 of them today if i could get them for 40 because they'd be a great investment now they're 100 but i just remember doing the math going oh i'll never be able to own a forty thousand dollar car if, like, yeah by doing this so that was like the first real what pushed me towards doing something new. So my next job, when I left there, I think my next job was at the car dealership. Okay. So what? how long did you last at the car dealership first? I think I was there a week and a half. Okay. What did you learn from the car dealership? That I didn't enjoy selling cars. Okay. But did you... <laughs> You didn't learn anything like useful. Like you look back now. Well, I guess if you were there for a week and a half, never mind. It wasn't. It wasn't a very long time. Yeah, I learned. Well, in that adopting, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be up to me. Yeah. I started doing different things. I didn't know what I liked. But and, you weren't just gonna pick up the job that you didn't like and continue doing it because you knew that that wasn't how you're gonna get to where you wanted to go. I knew that staying the same was way more dangerous than me trying something new. Okay. So. 
I decided I think I think the next job was the car dealership. And the reason I'm pointing over there is because I now Nope, nope. Oh. We're gonna get there. Are you gonna get there? Just keep this in mind. Oh, okay. He worked at a car dealership. Okay. Yeah, I worked at a car dealership for like a week and a half. A week and a half. Recognized I sold some cars. I think I sold like four or five cars in my first week and a half. It's actually pretty impressive. It it is, but they're so big that like it was probably Yeah. It it was probably kind of not gifted. But when you have that much volume and you cover that much volume every month, because they sell six, seven hundred cars a month, something yeah. crazy. So like, you're gonna run into a few if you're in the building. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, so yeah, I ended up selling a few, but I recognized that it really it wasn't it wasn't something that I was feeling good about waking up in the morning and doing every day. Not because they weren't successful, not because they were doing anything wrong, because they weren't. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Right. And there's a lot of car salesmen that love what they do and they're great at it, and it's the we right know thing one. for them. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, Patrick. Hi, Pat. Hi, Patrick. Uh, like, Patrick. He, he sold me a, a car. Oh my! Like, yeah. He is a perfect example of like how great you can be at it and how much it can provide, especially like, if you enjoy it. Yeah, he's unbelievable. The, yeah. the who we're talking about right now, he sells 60, 70 cars a month himself. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He provides for his family that way. He's just he's an incredible guy. He's a better person than he is salesman too. Yeah. So he's really it's cool. Incredible. So. Um, I was there for probably a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Okay. What next? And then I transitioned into um, unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Now just leaving without a plan. Okay. So you left without a plan. You just knew you didn't like what you were doing and you wanted to do something. Different. Yeah, I knew. I just had to okay. look and try, and try different things. At so what I, point did you start looking into other things and like reading? Did you read any books yet? No, no, no. Okay, so no. you weren't at that point way yet. Too, this way too early When still. did D come into the picture? Later. Okay, not yet. Okay, yep. perfect. Nope. I want to make sure we're not liter- skipping that. You are literal years away at this point. Still. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're you, not, you struggled for that long? Y- yeah. Were you just like walking the streets flailing around? Like how? <laughs> I was borderline homeless for like five years. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. realize it was that long. I thought it was like you maybe borderline like homeless for like six months to a year. No. Okay. It was continue. like half a decade almost. Okay. So what else? Yeah. So after that, I transitioned into unemployment. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I did little odd end stuff. I did um, my uh, one of my close friends at the time worked at a machine shop. And so I would do some like side work for uh some some of the guys that worked there the owner that worked there they gave me some 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 little side work like hey i could learn to run a machine and things like that so i did a little bit of that for a little while you didn't think i'd ever touch a machine in a machine shop did no you? he's like the least blue collar handyman you've ever met in your entire yeah. life he's never mowed a lawn never touched a lawnmower nope. i think you probably touched your first hammer and nail at your last house probably once yeah yeah you don't <laughs> he wanna... did change a light bulb this week I it did. did take him a month to get it done but he did it which is really impressive I did it. I called he your... totally watched us flip the light on him like, wow i should have called your dad i knew it so at that point i'm doing these little odd end things there's absolutely no cash flow to that there's no stability to that that is when i end up getting a job my next job at that point is a is door-to-door sales. Okay. And you learned a lot of this job, yes? Yes. You learned how to take the answer no. So much. Yeah. Like, if you have the opportunity, this is so painful, so no one's going to listen to me. They don't want to put themselves out like this. You, but... don't, you, do, you don't want to. You, want, you should listen to me, but you don't want to in this exact scenario. If you ever have the opportunity to do a door-to-door sales job, take it. 
do it. Go get beat up. Go get just torn down. Go get told no. Go get embarrassed. Go be humiliated because in the course of a couple of months, you will earn a bachelor's degree in sales and psychology and human communication. It will set you up for so much success later on that no matter how painful it is, it's going to do so much good for you. Door-to-door sales is one of what taught me so many skills in such a short period of time. It's astonishing. It's actually difficult to put into words how much it helped me. At the time, I didn't realize it. I had to learn a script. I had to do presentations in front of people. I was super uncomfortable. And on top of all of that, I was selling marketing space inside of a little thing called a phone book. Now, I, <laughs> oh, no. A printed phone book. Now, I don't know, okay, if you've ever heard of something called Google. <laughs> all right. So it's a little company. It's an upstart. Like, it's coming around, right? And I think Google could get somewhere someday. I really do. I think people might know about it at some point. That's what I was competing against. <laughs> you were literally like, have you ever seen The Office? Yeah. Like Dunder Mifflin trying to sell like paper on the phone. That was yeah. you. That was me, but I was face to face with them so they could actually shut the door into me. <laughs> okay. So you think you learned more at this job than you did at college? With the exception of one person, yes. Okay. So... How long did it take you to learn what you learned? Like, how long did you do this job before you you feel like you, like, peaked? I was there for, like, two months. Okay, so in the span of two months, you learned everything you needed. needed. Now, if I would have been there longer, I'm sure I would have learned more. But I'm telling you, if you can be in a door-to-door sales job for two months, it is unbelievable what it teaches you. That's like, you have to have some serious grit to do that. Yeah, it well, it te- it teaches you grit. It yeah. develops grit in you. It develops, you know, a, a thicker skin. You can understand that... You can listen to what someone says to you instead of how they say it to you. Yeah. That you can you can respond instead of react. It teaches you so much. Oh, also, I chose to take this job in the winter, and it was in Chicago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you were miserable. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Okay, so what made you leave this job? Just misery. Okay, I was going to say probably misery. deciding once again you well, don't. Well, it do was it. it was it was misery again. I wasn't recognizing how much it was teaching me yet. It was misery. But it was also, I knew it wasn't long-term for me. Like I was searching and developing purpose at this point. I was just going from thing to thing to thing to thing. Now, if you'll notice, the thing that I kept getting a job around was either sales or phones. And that's because that's what was on my resume. So I kept getting stuck into the same exact thing. I was having difficulty branching out. Yeah, but you didn't know back then how important it would be for you now. It uh, yeah because now you in your own business what when somebody tells you no it probably doesn't affect you the same oh no I just give them a high five yeah you're like awesome thanks <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome yeah I'll be back yeah <laughs> <laughs> you still need it see ya <laughs> <laughs> you should Pro- be asking yourself the question what if you don't change <laughs> yeah I wonder how successful you'd be if you didn't have that job that's a great question that taught me a lot of grit yeah it taught me a lot you know it taught me to get through pain. Taught you how to take the answer no and run with it. A lot. Yeah. Hundreds of times. Yeah. I mean, maybe not hundreds. Many, 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 many many times a day. What happened? I was used to getting... I eventually got to the point where I was used to hearing no at least 200 times per day. So what happened the first time you got a yes? You know, a yes is scarier than a no. Why? Because then you have to do something with it. Oh, you have to like... Yeah. Think about when you're making an offer on houses. Yeah, or oh. real estate. You just keep making like you keep, you keep hearing no's, 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 and no's, then somebody no's. It's finally... really easy. Then someone goes yes, and you go, 
what do I actually do now? I actually have to perform. I have to buy this house now. <laughs> I actually have to do, wait, I actually have to do the thing that I said I'm going to do. How do I do that? What's the next step? Yeah. Yeah. So the yes can actually be scarier than the no because yeah. the no is done and you move on. The yes is, well, I have to perform and keep a reputation now. Okay. Why? Did, so you left this job because you said you were miserable moving on. I, I was. I was miserable. I do remember being miserable. And, and very cold <laughs> you typically do when you are so. yeah and, and very cold i was very cold too winter, winter yeah no good uh winter door-to-door if you're gonna take a door-to-door job do it in the winter you can go all in but if uh, you're gonna make yourself miserable go full out yeah but i knew it wasn't part of my purpose yet so okay. i was like mm, it's not it's still not feeding whatever i'm looking for right so okay. i left that what next where'd you and, go uh, after that was my last job and that was when I went to FedEx. Okay. How and long then, did you work at FedEx? And this was a year and a half. Oh, that's a pretty long time for you. Oh, that was an eternity for me. <laughs> what was your role there? It takes a really long time to get fired from FedEx, I think. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I actually I actually tried there a lot. Yeah. Um, I was in the same department. I was in what's called truckload brokerage. So I was a broker there. So what is that? Very early find what someone wants and connect it with who yep. has it. That's like my earliest. Yep. I I had never put that together before. So you're probably not too bad at it. That's like my very earliest like wholesale. Yeah. It's really what it was. I was just doing boxes and packages and, and trucks, not houses. Right. And not understanding true value yet. So like all of these lessons culminated into, you know, what I've been, you know, been blessed with to create now and work, work alongside now. So I was in truckload brokerage. Again, they were great to me too. Like I, I never had a job experience where I was like, oh, I really don't like the people here or anything. Yeah. It was all very, very good. Um, so at FedEx, I would make between 100 and 200 calls per day prospecting for businesses that needed to cover um, shipping. Okay. And then I would obviously provide that shipping. That was, yeah. that, that, that was the goal. So, you know, if someone, if a truck, if I could assign a truck for say a thousand bucks and they were willing to pay 1500 bucks, you know, we would make a spread of $500. Perfect. Yeah. That was like very early understanding so, of like wholesale. Yeah. Which set you up for wholesaling after. Yeah. Okay. So you worked there for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Obviously you learned the basics of wholesaling without even knowing it. Yeah. At this point I am 24. Okay. How did you get out of this job? Uh, I, at the same time as this job, I was day trading. I was doing like Forex. I was trying all these different things. I was just trying, trying, trying new things. Like what would stick? What, what would, what could I work on and fail at and still want to do? That was kind of an indicator. So if I did something, but didn't do it well and failed at it, but I still wanted to do it again, like how could I develop something like that? How could I be involved in something like that? So I was just trying a number of different things. And then also paying attention to, even when I would succeed, if I didn't feel great about it, how to walk away from that thing. So in day trading, as an example, so after after FedEx, FedEx was my last job. I went full-time day trading. That's, that's how I transitioned out of FedEx. I was like, I'm going to commit and I'm going to go all in on myself. At this point, I'm day trading full-time. And I started to recognize, even when I day traded well, I wasn't happy because I was in front of a computer screen all day. And I was like, oh boy, like I got I have to listen to this. I'm starting to recognize like piece by piece what doors I'm shutting that aren't right for me. And how could I walk through something that's right for me? And it was just continued experience, continued trying, continued reflection, continued learning. So when I recognized that even when I would make a trade and do well, 
two things happened. One, I didn't really enjoy it because I was in front of a computer screen. And number two, even if I did make uh, a, a positive trade or make a profit on a trade, I was still broke. And the reason for that is I couldn't take the money out of the account and even buy a sandwich at home because that money needed to be in the account to be able to make the next trade. So that's when I started learning about the importance of cash flow and how you could have streams coming to you. And that, and that is when I started reading. Oh, the beginning of an era. What did you read first? The beginning of an era. First book I ever read, because I never even owned a book in college. I, I went through all of college without buying a book ever, too. I am a great college student. <laughs> <laughs> like when a colleges think of a student, they think of me, I'm sure of it. Uh, first book I ever read was Manny Koshman's book, actually, Contrarian Playbook. And I thought, it, I thought it was good. And it was my first introduction to what uh, real estate could be. Because right bef- during this time, I've there was, a, there was a switch that happened while I was at FedEx and I, I literally heard in my head, your financial struggles are not your employer's fault. That's what accountability. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That was that was like the exact voice that I heard. That was the exact line. Your financial struggles are not your employer's fault. So like nobody said that to your face. You just no, decided was, that yourself. You're I was like, sitting in my cubicle and it punched me in the face. Is exactly what I heard. And I walked out of the step. I walked down the steps, and that was the last time I was ever in the building. That's when I committed full time to day trading and 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 going down that path and betting on myself. That was my first. That was my first real real bet on myself at that time. So I started reading at that time. First book I ever read was Manny Cashman's Contrarian Playbook because at that time I'm on social media. I'm trying to find people who are successful. And he already had a following. His following is monster now, but um, a car guy too. So like naturally like. He, he has great car collection, great got taste. Your attention, great taste in cars. It's like what caught my attention. Yeah. Something early that caught my attention. So I always followed him. I think he's got good information too. Um, so I, that was the first book I ever read. At that same time, I'm making my first investments in myself, like financial investments. Now, what have I done up until this point, other than quit a bunch of jobs, is not have any money. That's what I was very good at. <laughs> I was very good at not having any money. You're very good at being un- unemployed and having zero money. Very good at it. Great. <laughs> I mean, top tier, top of the podium at that. So when I left this job, what did I not have? Money. Any, any money. Yeah. So how did I invest in myself with a credit card? <laughs> like, Perfect. I went into debt to learn things. Okay. And this is after going into debt technically to be in college to learn things, but that hadn't panned out for me no. whatsoever at that point. And what I can look back at it in college now, what did I get out of college now is shutting the wrong doors. That's what it showed me. And I had one great teacher. His name's Michael Duve. He's incredible. Um, he taught coaching, ironically enough. And what do I do now? You're a coach. What were the shit? You always connect the dots backwards. You yeah. all you can't connect them forwards. Because the time, you're like, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. And now you are a financial coach. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I always think back to him, like listening to his lectures, listening to him interact, like even like writing the papers that he would have us write. It was, it was all about connecting with people. And I bet now you think, and you're like, I wish I would have paid more attention to this class. I actually did pay attention to that. His yeah. class is actually one that I went to. Okay. So now you're going to ask me why, and I'm going to go, I don't know. Yeah. Thank well, you, God. Thank you, God. Like, that was the, like, he got yeah. me into that classroom. 
and I got to listen to him. I got to hear from him. And that was, now I can look back and go, oh, that was, that was actually pivotal because he talked about grit. He talked about overcoming things. He talked about connecting with people. He talked about lowering yourself to a level that like I level with someone who is struggling or someone trying to work their way up. Emotional like, intelligence, being able to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. He yeah. talked about all of those things. So looking back on that now, I'm like, that was the most incredible class I've ever been a part of. And he had a couple different ones that I was, uh, that, that I was in, that was in his classes, but he's, he's the one that sticks out to me. And, um, yeah, this, at this time, this, these are my first earliest investments into myself. So I spent a few hundred dollars on a credit card in for a entrepreneurial community around people that thought different. That was interesting. Yeah. The community that I joined, I read his book too. That was like the second or that was the third book I read. Second book I ever read was Think and Grow Rich. Third book I ever read was Third, third Circle Theory by Pageman uh, Gadimi. Uh, fourth book I ever read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then on down the list from there. And yes, I remember that in that order. And then at some point I got, I got. At some point you started, you were reading a lot. Like you were listening to audiobooks. Like, a book a week. I, yeah. I would read a, I would read a book a week. I didn't have audio, uh, Audible. Okay. Then. I didn't have audiobooks at that time. You couldn't afford that. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed yeah. at that time. It was just like, you go buy a book and then you read it. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was my first four or five books. And then my second, right around that time as well, even though I was leaving the day trading, I had invested $5,000 into myself again on a credit card. Yeah. Now, granted, I didn't have any money to trade, but I was able to go into debt to learn, which most people call that dumb. I would call that wise because I learned a skill set and that was all about trading. So I learned that I didn't love trading. So most people call that $5,000 a waste. I would call that a huge win because I was able to shut that door. I was able to shut the wrong door and it just cost me a little bit to do it. But I learned a lot of other things in that, how to think, how other people are successful, how what you do and the actions that you take creates a result. And that result is what's going to make you successful over time. Like your actions are what make you successful and how you think about them. Not this gift that just comes to you. Like you have to work for it. When you are able to look at rejection as a sense, like a redirection, any sort of rejection, whether it's you deciding you don't like it or you actually being rejected, that changes everything. Like you learning that you just could close that door and you're like, okay, moving on, like cut your losses and keep pushing. That's, that's how you got where you are. You just did that over and over and over and over again. Over and over. You still do over. it. Every day. Yeah. You mm-hmm. still are have rejection. You still turn things away, close those doors intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every day. Some are, some doors are smaller than others. Some doors are feel really big at the time. Yeah. Until you move on from it later and then you go, wasn't that big after all. So is Denise, your wife, in the picture yet? Uh, she is just now entering the picture. Okay. Um, this is the time in which she is arriving as the first deal, the first real estate deal is, is ever happening. Um, so I'm leaving the day trading cause I know I don't love it at this point. Again, borderline homeless. <laughs> just, yeah. We're working on the borderline homeless. I'm sleeping at friends places. I'm doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Right. Just, and just like, just, Nothing in your bank account. Full survivability mode. Oh, nothing in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, n- nothing. And not, not only nothing in the bank, I could go, I could, I could have walked up to a homeless guy and his net worth would have been higher than mine. Because you were in debt. Because I was in debt. Too. Yeah. But I'm learning at this point and understanding that I'm learning and starting to take actions and steps. I understood that I always wanted, I always had a thing for real estate. 
Like, so when I'm talking about like, hey, you got to listen to yourself and try new things and figure out what you like. Yeah. Real estate kept coming back to me. And then it just so happened to be the first book that I read was Koshman's Contrarian Playbook, which I think it was published in 2011. Yeah. 2011, 2012. And I'm reading it 20... Mid twenty mid twenty twelve, late twenty twelve. Yeah. Maybe twenty maybe very early twenty thirteen. I can't remember the exact month. Right in that time frame. Yeah. And so I'm reading that and uh my mom cut out an article in what's called the newspaper. Okay. That's what it's it's gray sheet. It's real thin. Whoa. It used to show up to your house every day. Uh, so she cut an hour. It wasn't a link on a website, right? Like it was not. Okay, it was physical. She was holding it. It was a physical. She cut out an article of the newspaper and handed it to me. She came over and handed it to me. I one feel like day. even for 2013, that's really crazy that she was cutting out newspaper articles. Yeah. Okay, continue. Right, because I've been full time real estate for a decade now, and so this is right in 2013. Though. Yeah. So she is. She hands me that. And it, what it is, is a, it's a cutout. It's an article for to be to become a realtor. So basically, it was from a company that they would sponsor you that we could go get your license. So to become a realtor. Okay, I've always wanted to be in real estate. How do you learn about real estate? Well, you go to realty school, right? That's the answer. So what do I not have again? Money. Money. I have no money. So I saw a sponsor... And it said only two spots available. Awesome. And it's a walk-in interview. And I was like, I've seen how this goes before. <laughs> Might as well not even dress for it. I'm not going to get the interview. <laughs> right? Did you get the interview? So I walk in. I'm the only one that shows up. Should have been a red flag. Uh, <laughs> I was the only one that showed up. Well, to be fair, who it else is reading the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> Your mom might have been the only one reading the newspaper. To, to be fair, maybe their advertising wasn't the greatest. Uh, so I, maybe I was the only one who saw it. <laughs> and so I, so I walk, so I, so I go into the interview. I get the interview, and they talk about it. Like, okay, you got to go to realty school. Um, it's this many hours. I'm like, okay, great. Um, and to get. So basically your license, your realty license has to be under a broker. That way you can operate legally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, I get it. And they're like, oh, so that, I'm like, oh, so that's the sponsor. You like, I can be committed to you or you're committed to me and I can be under your, so I can finish and get my license. And they're like, yes. I was like, oh, okay, perfect. That makes sense. So I go to the school and everything. It's like 1500 bucks. Like, they- I don't have that. So what do I do? No. Still have that credit card. It's not maxed out yet. Okay. All right. Or maybe I got another one. I had multiple credit cards at that time. So I was like, put it on the card. I got to get the books for it. Put it on the card. You got to take after the 120 hours, I think Ohio was or is. I don't know if it still is. Uh, being in a classroom for three straight weeks full time, which is not doing what? Making money. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're just going back to college. So I'm going further work. into the red, but but I'm learning something. And so I'm, I'm trying new things. So at that point, I take the test. I pass the test on the first try, thankfully, because we didn't have to pay for it again. And they're like, okay, great. You can start. Um, you can be a realtor now. And you can be under our brokerage. Like, all right, here's your MLS. And like, here's the fees for it and everything. I'm like, I didn't have money for the MLS fees. At this point, the credit card is actually maxed out. Yeah. So I can't remember exactly what I did. Some odd end side detailed a car or something like that to pay down the card enough to put the MLS fees on the card. Oh, word. Okay. Okay. To go back to 
maxed. Yes. <laughs> to go back to further so, furthest red as I could get to. At <laughs> this point, your credit card is maxed out, but you multiple. do have multiple. multiple credit cards are maxed out. You do have your license though, your real estate license. Yep. And you have the MLS. Yep. You have everything you need. Got everything I need. What's what's the next? How long does it take you to get your first deal? Never got a deal. You never got a deal. Okay. <laughs> I, never, I never got it. How I, long did you try before you quit? I never got I never got a traditional real estate deal. I walked I walked one house. <laughs> I walked one house with a friend of mine that I was looking to buy. Okay. This is this is you want to talk about a crazy story. I walked one house with a friend of mine who was looking to buy. I didn't pre qualify him or anything, naturally, because I had no idea what <laughs> I was doing. No idea what you're doing. No, no clue what I was doing. And the house we walked through happened to be owned by uh, the grandfather of somebody that I went to high school with. Like, I recognized her in the yeah. pictures. I was like, no way. I was like, this is crazy. Fast forward seven years, seven to eight years, and my parents buy a house. And they're like, hey, come look at our new house. It's the only house I ever walked. <laughs> That's crazy. It's the only house I ever That's walked. That's so full circle. The only house I ever walked as a licensed agent. Your parents live in My parents now? eventually bought seven or eight years later, and they live there today. That's insane. How nuts is that? Why couldn't you sell it to your parents? Oh, like, right. I was like, well, that's the joke that we would make now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, couldn't even sell this house. Well, your own mother wouldn't buy a house from you. <laughs> so <laughs> That was the joke. That's a good joke. So you So I never, never had, made a single deal as an agent. You never sell a house. No. Um how long until for, you quit? For, for a couple reasons. One, um, I quickly realized that I didn't know anything about real estate. I knew nothing. All they taught me was how to pass a poorly written test that tries to trick you. They didn't teach you real estate. So you had to learn real estate after taking the test, yeah. which is a really interesting concept. Yeah. And then number two, I ran out of money for MLS fees before I could get a deal done. Okay. So since I was out of money, I couldn't renew my MLS fees. And I couldn't get into the houses. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, I want you to imagine having an agent that's representing you. And he doesn't have access to the MLS. He doesn't... Multiple listing service for anybody that doesn't know he what MLS might not means. Be, it's where they list all the houses. He might not be your agent. He probably, probably wouldn't be your agent, right. So, I fall off at that point. How um, long? I, still I, ask, I ask again. How long did you last? Oh, <laughs> 90 days? All right. So, you were an agent for three months. I think I was an agent for three or four months. All I don't right. think it was much longer than that. What now? <laughs> what now? What do you do? Man, At this point, you've been punched about 55 times since we started. You actually haven't succeeded once. <laughs> I've never succeeded. <laughs> okay. And, and just, just, as, just as like a time factor here, this is five years in. I'm yet to succeed at anything. Oh, wow. That, that's a long time. You might start to think you're a failure. <laughs> Any normal person would be like, you know what? Maybe this whole work thing isn't for me. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I hadn't succeeded at anything. Okay. Nothing. What did you do next? What happened? I knew I still want remember going back to earlier. Yeah. I mentioned what could I do and fail at, but still want to do. Yeah. Real estate was the first thing that I had ever failed okay. at. And I was like, I still want to do it. Yeah. Why is that? So what like, is how that? do I do that? What is that feeling? Yeah. So that one stuck with me, but I always knew that I wanted to be on the investment side, but what didn't I have? I didn't have any money. No, and money, I was like, you, well, can't, how do you, yeah. you can't get it. How do you get in the most expensive 
industry in the world with no money credit's probably not real strong at this point <laughs> um i want to go with definitely not you have multiple credit cards that are maxed probably out had a dash in front of the number like, <laughs> yeah everybody's credit score is written in red pen right <laughs> yes uh so that yeah that's that's all bad like so nothing is going well financially or career-wise at this point but i still wanted to do real estate and i remember i had invested in myself to be a part of an entrepreneurial group and inside that entrepreneurial group there's a handful of different people successful within real estate manny being one actually that yeah uh, manny cashman being one um, he he wasn't like interacting in there or anything but he was like one of the interviews in there yeah so i was able to listen to that interview or um, a, a number of different things, but I think I think he was an interview in that at least. But either way, there was multiple su- successful real estate investors within there, and one of the themes that kept coming back up is that you didn't need money or credit. I'm like, how? All right, tell me how. how. I'm very good at that side. I'm very good at that part. Like I am so good at not having money and any credit. I'm great at it. Sign me up. Like I am in for this. You're like I am the best candidate for this. Yeah. So in continuing to uh, and continuing to learn and and research and interact with people. There's a few people like the the topic of wholesaling kept coming back up. I was like, all right, what's wholesaling? And basically, long story short, learned that you can solve a problem for a seller. You can sign a purchase agreement with them, a contract with them, and you can sell that contract to an end buyer for a fee. And it doesn't take any money. You never have to own the house. And I was like, that's how I get into real estate. Our two episodes ago, we talked about this. If you want want to learn more about wholesaling and you're questioning that, go back and watch that episode. Yeah, that you just kind of started to explain it. If you if you're like, what is wholesaling? Go back and watch that episode. We'd go in depth about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This isn't meant to be a how to or anything. But that yeah. was like my first like, oh, you don't need money to make money. That was my first ever example of it. Yeah. Now, why I am so hard on, uh, hard and hardened on this thought of anybody can be successful, and all you have to do is adopt a growth mindset. It took me five years of punch-in-the-face failure and just gut-wrenching pain. And even above and beyond that, going into debt to invest in myself, to learn something, to find out that there was a way to get into real estate with no money. So I recognize that most people aren't doing that, but that's why I'm telling people to do yeah. that. Because that's what I had to do. I understand what it takes because I've been through it yeah. multiple times, you know, for five years. <laughs> for five years of just being knocked, knocked down and really dragged through mud. I actually don't know if I would survive five years of failure. I want you. You're so stronger you're, than I. So you're 20 now. Yeah. I want you to imagine, from your age now until the age of 25, you don't have a single success. You are stronger than I. Yeah, your age right now. You're yeah. 20. I want you to imagine up until 25, like you know the money and things and what you're doing now. I want you to imagine having absolutely none of that, having multiple different jobs, opportunities, everything, and failing at every, literally every single one of them. Thank you, God, for not putting me in that position because I don't know if I could do that. You know what? Thank you, God, for putting me in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for putting him in that position because I learned from it. He walked into my life and was like, here's what not to do. (laughs) Hey, I've been through this, by the way. You've got a whole lot of things. You really uh, took one for the team for everybody. Really lower your learning, quicken your learning curve here if you do this. (laughs) Yep. So that that was my first introduction to real estate with... No, with no capital, no assets, no clue, no network, no nothing. Yeah. It was just like, if you just start going down this path of trying to locate someone who needs to sell a house, you can network 
with somebody else who wants to buy the house and you can be paid a feed for the middle. It was it was mind blowing to me. Okay, so I kind of know this a little bit. How long did it take you to get your first deal from when you entered that that group? So I so once I started focusing on wholesaling, yeah. I actually got my first contract really really quickly. Yeah, it was very like. <gasps> remember the yes being scarier than yeah. the no. I rem- I I walked the house with my dad because it was in a really bad part of town, and my dad was like, "You're not going there alone." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Bless your dad. I was like, "Okay." So we went to the house together. House is just tore up, man. The, Six or seven people were living there. They ended up moving to Tennessee like overnight. And yeah. The guy who owned it was also the property manager for a few others. And he was like, yeah, I own this one. And, um, you know, I just want to sell. I just want to be done with it. Like, hey, that was like the, the those were like the key golden words for like what you're supposed to hear. Is yeah. Like, I just want to be done with it. I just want to sell. Get me out of this. Yeah. Okay. Like problems large enough that the numbers go away. Now, granted, at this point, I've never ran a comparable sale in my life. I have no idea what the house is worth. I have absolutely no clue. I have no buyers lined up. I got nothing. You're doing it all backwards. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. This guy called me off of a Craigslist ad that I made that said, I'll buy buy your house and no matter what the condition is. And he called me. So this is from a Craigslist ad (laughs) that I wrote for free with a Hail Mary and a, and like, I don't know, like just... Total prayer. I don't know what's going on. Somebody sell me your house. Yeah, like what can happen? So we walk the house. It's a disaster. And I look the guy in the face and I say, all right, so you want to sell the house? He's like, yeah, I just want to be done. I was like, I think I can give you 10 grand. And he's like, I, I made the number up. You can't even get a plot of land without 10. Like I, 10 I made grand. the number up. I told him, I was like, I think I can give you 10 grand. And he goes, all right, that sounds great. And I was like, that's less than my car. Yeah. <laughs> Substantially less than your car. Like half of my car. Yeah, Not even half. No. It's not even half. Well, wait till it gets better because I couldn't sell it at 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that whole like not having anything lined up and prepared and having no clue what you're doing. Yeah. So I was quickly moving into failure on this too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I offered him 10 grand. He says, yeah, that's great. And my first thought is, what do we do now? <laughs> I didn't have a contract, like no contract with me. I've, I've never done it. Yeah. I had no clue. I was like, okay, cool. Well, we'll get paperwork together and, you know, uh, you know, we'll, and we'll, we'll move from there. He says, okay, that sounds great. You know, I, you know, I got your number and we'll talk soon. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. He goes, okay, good. So I go home. Uh, what do I do now? <laughs> I went to Staples and bought my first ever purchase agreement for real estate. Did you know that you can buy a contract at Staples? You can buy contracts at Staples? It was at Staples or Office Max, one of the two. But yeah, you can buy like generic contracts. And so I bought one. So me and him filled So I went back over there. Me and him filled it out like a couple days later. And then I started calling title companies. <laughs> did you I was take like, it to the title company? And they were like, this is all wrong. I didn't have a title company. <laughs> yeah, but when you did, didn't wasn't it all wrong? All wrong. <laughs> All, all you had to come wrong. in and redo it all, didn't you? I d- calling title companies and everything. Everything's all wrong. And and when I took it into the title company and they said it was wrong, I got to meet the owner and he was like, let me help you with this <laughs> a little bit because this... this he this, said this one needs help. This one needs help. Yeah. Let's go under the wing. Okay. So this guy, the title company, helped you straighten this out. Yeah. So, he, so my first deal ever, he literally had to help me... F- fill out the paperwork because I did it all wrong. He also he also found it amusing that I had bought it from 
Staples or Office Max or whatever big box store that I bought the contract from. So I basically gave you like a bottle and a binky and was like, let's do this together. <laughs> yes. Did he breastfeed too? <laughs> What's the bottle for? <laughs> Tell think- me how you want to know how I know you don't have a kid. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Moving on. So I had my first contract in, a, in, in just in just a couple of weeks because yeah. The methods of finding people in pain when their solution is to sell a piece of real estate is very real. It's a very real thing. But it took me how many months to sell it because I didn't have any buyers. I didn't have anything lined up. I was still doing everything wrong, but now my paperwork was right, which I later had to go back, long story short, go back, lower the price further, ended up doing it for $7,500. And then I finally had a couple walk through the house. There was a built-in bench in the house, and the woman loved it. And she looked at her boyfriend and was like, buy me this house. And I was like, you should buy her this house. I made 7500 bucks, and that was the most incredible $7,500 ever made by anybody. That was the only $7,500 that was actually equivalent to a million to someone. Yeah. So really quick, reverse. How much money did you have in your bank account besides the debt you were in before you had made that $7,500? Like- the day of closing, I had $11 in my checking Okay. Account. And your friend bought you coffee, didn't he? Yeah. So... See that, like, we can go into so much further pain, yeah, like details if you really wanted to. At one point, I have another friend who's an entrepreneur as well, he owns a body shop, yeah. Somehow, he just knew, he just knew. He showed up at my place one time, he was like, Hey, man, and he took me out to lunch and he bought me groceries. Oh, and I was dead broke. I didn't know how I was gonna eat that day. I was eating buttered paper plates and ice cube soup, <laughs> buttered paper plates, and I ran out of butter though. Like, I was that broke. I'm telling you, yeah. it was bad. It was bad. He bought me groceries. He bought me lunch that day. Like somehow he just somehow he just knew. Yeah. Okay. So sum up pretty that's, quickly. That's my that was my first success. That was my first yeah. official success. I had made dollars outside of someone else's command or uh, uh, without someone else's system. Yeah. In my life. So to the best of your ability, can we go from? Because the rest we've kind of covered a little bit. How you got from there to here? So you're saying from my first success to where we are today? Yeah. Uh, I did nothing but wholesale for two years straight, full time, two to three years. Uh, That's when I started my first education company. I built that education company over the past eight years and then recently left that company to have what we have now, which is the podcast, the, the YouTube channel as well as our new courses and new community. And private coaching. and Private coaching, one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. Just built around financial literacy, built around creating financial freedom, whether you are going through pain and suffering right now. Like if you're going through something extremely difficult right now, trust me, I get it. Yeah. Uh, if you're four years into pain and suffering, I get it. There's still one left. It's okay. Maybe we can shorten that curve. If you want to work together, I would love to figure out a way to do that. But I just want people to understand the reason for sharing these stories is success does not start at the beginning. It does not come. It does not come quick. It does not come at the beginning unless it is easily. And then she just starts <laughs> off at six figures. I've never been bad at anything. Just, I've never been bad at everything and anything. I'm great at everything. I have zero grit because I've never been bad at anything. But we'll talk about that another day. I've never had to develop. If strength. I'm bad at something, I just walk away from it. So I honestly need to struggle a little bit. <laughs> Next time I'm struggling, so, remind me of this. Well, well, what's funny about it is is you have struggled, but what's funny about it is you got around the right people to avoid the pitfalls that other people don't yeah. have yet or yeah. haven't been able to avoid yet. That's really what it, that's really what it is. Imagine if you didn't have someone to tell you like, hey, photography could be a full time business. I don't know what I'd be doing right be now. Hanging I'd, out a little Caesar still. Yeah, I'd probably be working like a part time job and going to school, and I 
probably would be trying to go to school for marketing. And you would be trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. And I would have no idea. So it's just a redirect. That's how powerful having the right people around you is. Yeah. Having the right information around you is. I had to go through that. I had to, I had to blaze part of that, part of that path. It took five years. Thank you for giving up five years of my life. So I keep five of mine. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, giving up five years of my life. So you could have five more. You added five to mine. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're probably lost five years later down the road because of all that stress, but you're so grateful for it though. You know, what's funny is like you, you look back on it now and you don't really, like you wouldn't trade it. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. You're, so your pain becomes your story that allows you to connect with other people. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually super grateful for it. I'm glad I went through it. And whenever my mom hears the story, she always gets upset. She's like, why didn't you tell me? Like, cause I had to figure it out. Yeah. I had to figure it out. Like she had no idea other than the newspaper. Yeah, he doesn't have bad parents. He just, they just didn't. Oh, know. no, no, yeah. no. My parents are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's put this car in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, when you bought your house, what, what, who's your neighbor? What happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's a cool part of the story. So we buy this place three years ago, a little yep. over three years ago. And how I much did house. you buy it for? To put it in perspective, how much was that? How house? much did we buy? It? Yeah. It was 1.175. So just under 1.2. Okay, perfect. Continue. Yeah. Uh, million not dollars or cents. <laughs> I'm gonna, there's gonna be somebody in the comments who goes, "Well, wow, one point two what? Uh, yen? Uh, <laughs> million? One point two million yen? No. Um, the first time I walk outside, my neighbor is the guy who owns the dealership that I worked at for like a week and a half for two weeks. He's the, he was my boss for two weeks, and I walked outside, and he was standing outside across the street. So we were able to reconnect and he talked about to his, I think it was his cousin. I won't, I won't forget this. He leans into his cousin because he asked me like, hey, what are you doing now and everything? I'm talking about real estate. I, or the other guy asked like, what are you doing? I'm putting in, I'm a real estate investor. And he leaned in and he cut him off. And he said, well, he learned what side of the table to sit on. And I was like, that's the most validating thing that I have ever been told. Like that felt so good to hear from somebody solidified in success for however many years. Yeah. Because they're a monster dealership. They got a bunch of different locations. They got all kinds of things going on. So it's incredible to hear, like, to, to have heard that from someone else was really, really cool. And to be connected to him from a decade prior because I worked for him. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. That's almost as full circle as your parents living in the only house you ever walked. That was. That's yeah, crazy. this real estate thing keeps coming back to me somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I fail, I want to keep doing it. So yeah. if you can find something that even when you fail at it, you want to keep doing it, stick with that. Keep building on that. Keep growing in that. And you're going to be successful within it. Yeah. Is there anything, any other advice you have? How do you want people to use this story? And just understand just the thing that helped me the most was when I was reading, people shared their struggles. So if you think you're alone in this, you just aren't. You aren't. And if you are struggling bad and you don't know what the next step is or you don't know the way out or you don't feel like there's a light or anything like that, I promise you, I absolutely promise you that there is and that it will show itself when you continue. Yeah. If you sit down right now and you wait for something, it won't happen. But if you continue, even if it's another failure today or for another four years, per my per my example it's going to take you 5 years it might take 5 years to have your first success but that first success of that wholesale deal i've never looked back from that moment and now it's not to say at times like even when you're rich you aren't broke sometimes because you're going through different things or you're making different investments or you're forecasting an expense and you get ahead of it there's all kinds of different reasons of like why money comes and goes but your wisdom and your experience does not 
So I would never trade what I traded for those five years because that's what has helped me become who I am today. Beautiful. Beautiful. We did it. Call it. Fear overcome. Again. <laughs>